Hello, everybody. This is the Business Food Up edition of the Dreamers and Doers podcast. I'm Brayden. I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Carolyn, today. It is great to be here today. Well, Brayden, each week we come to you live from the LoveWorks campus where we you, where you will hear interviews from our youngest and most experienced entrepreneurs who will inspire, educate, and give you an action step to help your leadership and business. The Biz Boot Up podcast partners with Norman Chamber of Commerce who advocates to see Norman, Oklahoma be a thriving business community and is powered by First United Bank Norman, who's not like your typical bank, whose purpose <laughs> is to inspire and empower others to spend life wisely. Thank you again to Norman Chamber of Commerce and First United Bank for seeing helping and see our youngest entrepreneurs achieve their big business dreams. Today, we are joined by dreamer and doer, Jared Deck. Jared is an award-winning musician, business owner, and work-at-home dad. While earning a BA in music performance at Southwestern Oklahoma State University, Jared worked at a factory to pay the bills and pursue his passion for music. He went on to own a retail cell phone dealership and was a partner in an independent insurance agency. In 2016, Jared won a Woody Guthrie songwriting contest and was named to Rolling Stone's Top 10 New Artists You Need to Know. Today, Jared is a professional musician and an active member of our community. He is a member of our local American Federation of Musicians and currently serves on the board for several local organizations, including Variety Care, Mornum Technology Center, ACLU of Oklahoma, Swasu Alumni Association. He is also a member of the Sooner Rotary Satellite Club. Hi, Jared. Hello. <laughs> that is a good bio right there. So we're so grateful you're able to sit with us and join us today on the podcast. So first question, we are the Dreamers and Doers podcast, and we would just love to know, do you consider yourself more of a natural dreamer or doer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, you know, the environment in which I grew up, uh, you know, it felt very small. I grew up in a community of about 1,200 people in western Oklahoma. And so, you know, the idea of there being a larger world out there, it didn't really exist in the 1980s and early 1990s for me. So uh, very much a dreamer in that regard. Mm. You know, I had to always, I was always trying to think of something bigger, mm. um, trying to imagine a, a world that existed where, uh, where, where, I, where I fit in, where I had a niche, where I, had val- where I added value to my community. And so for that, it, it really required a lot of dreaming. Uh, over time, I definitely became more of a doer. And as an adult, I feel that that's, you know, I always say you know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, so that, as an adult, I definitely feel like, a, well, feel like a doer. But because of my upbringing, I definitely started out as a dreamer. I love that. I feel like I can definitely relate to that. Um, You know, sometimes growing up in Oklahoma, we naturally (laughs) assume that there's like no opportunities here or, you know, there's not necessarily a future. But tell us about, you know, young Jared, that young dreamer. And what were some of those first few dreams? Were they related to music or not even not even so? Sure. And and I think I would add to my prior statement, you know, my my mother was a a musician who grew up in a larger community, um, you know, married a farm kid. Uh, in college, and uh, and end up moving to his hometown. And so, you know, I always say that you know my mom taught me how to dream, and my dad taught me how to do it. Mm. Uh, you know, my my dad is a small business owner. He owns the the town grocery store in my home community of Thomas, or you know, original community of Thomas. And um, you know, it's it's a small business. It's you know about sixty four hundred square foot for. Pretty small for a grocery store, but it's a great place. But he's owned that for 43 years, and I've watched wow. him, you know, each, you know, six days a week go work that thing, you know, you know, anywhere from eight to 16 hours a day. Mm. And, um, you know, so as far as, as for me, I, you know, I was very much a, a bookwormy uh, music kid, you know, growing up. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that the, that the skills and the talents that I had 
did not really feel valued growing up. You know, I, I feel like, you know, there are certain communities uh, in certain regions, geographically and culturally especially, where, you know, certain things are, are valued and they're, they're heralded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the talents that I had naturally were not necessarily, they didn't fit in that niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to dream my way out. And I had to, uh, you know, create ideas and find my own niche in different scenarios. So whether it was, um, whether it was through leadership, um, through different school programs, after school programs, uh, working in my family business, um, also you know trying to figure out how to be a musician on a larger scale other than just you know practicing piano at my house. Um, you know, I I really had to find ways to grow um, in without necessarily an infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very difficult to do whenever you don't have, you know, kind of that communal infrastructure mm-hmm. behind you that helps you, that helps teach you, helps, helps you rise up. And, and I, I don't want to sound too much, you know, naysay there. But, you know, whenever you grow up in an environment, and I, I think a lot of young people go through this where, you know, if if you don't feel valued, maybe you're bullied. Maybe you are uh, ha- you have issues academically. Uh, maybe you are, maybe you want to be athletic, but you're just not naturally gifted in that way. Uh, you know, I think a lot of young people are really just trying to find their place, trying to find their niche, um, and it is available, but it, and it's difficult to find, especially whenever you're in an environment that that rewards certain things, right. but you know, doesn't Mm -hmm. seemingly reward others. Yeah, that can be hard. Would you say, could you identify maybe something that motivated you? Because I know sometimes it can be really hard to be in in that environment and just to go with the flow, you know? It's like, all right, I'm just going to do what everyone else does, but you did it. So what, can you tell us, give us a little background (laughs) on that? Sure. Uh, I have, I I sort of grew up because of of that. I always felt like I was talented. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those moments where you're not rewarded for that specific talent that you think you're great at, mm-hmm. um, I, I did fall into that trap of, you know, okay, well, everyone here values athletics, so I'm going to try to be athletic, right? And, and, I, and I, you know, I did okay because I was a hard worker. But, you know, in, in, but in the reality, you know, eventually in life, I, I learned that um, most, most things are, are a, a story or a competition of attrition, you know, it's the last person standing. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever's willing to go the hardest, the longest, mm-hmm. uh, is oftentimes you know the person who succeeds. And and I think because of that background, I I used to have a real need to prove myself, right? To show other people what I was capable of. And uh, you know, I I feel like I've I've grown out of that, thankfully, <laughs> over time. But you know, growing up, I think it, it definitely you know it, it brought that out in me. But that that drove me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that drive, I benefited from that drive, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there were definitely moments where I, you know, I thought to myself, well, not only do you not value this particular thing that I would like to do, um, but I believe that I'm good at it regardless. Yeah. And that's difficult. You know, it, it's very difficult to, if you don't have an environment that's conducive, it's very difficult to continue believing in yourself and believing in your capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find any positive voices that kind of did help encourage you? Sure. 
Um, but there was always there seemed to be always a catch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a you'll, you'll you'll meet people in different scenarios where they want you to be good at this, but they want you to behave a certain way, or they want you know they want mm-hmm. you to to be a certain way, or be a certain type of person. And um, for me, you know, those were always points of contention uh, where I felt like okay. Uh, I appreciate um, the love that I'm receiving, but I feel like this love is conditional, mm-hmm. right? And so I did find positive voices, but oftentimes they were conditional. Um, and and luckily, you know, I, I really did. Ha- I had solid parents who did believe in me, continue to believe in me somehow. And, <laughs> you know, I'm 42 years old, and my parents still believe in me, thankfully. Um, but... I, not everyone has that kind of that that kind of backing, and and I'm thankful that I did because um, oftentimes the voices that I was looking for approval from, and that's yeah. key, yeah. right? I wasn't always looking for approval from my parents. My parents believed in me, yeah. but you know I was hoping that this person over, like this adult or this group of kids or you know someone you know particular types of or particular people in certain positions of power or authority would give me that approval. And I think that setting yourself up for that with those type of expectations yeah. uh, can, op- can oftentimes put yourself in a bad position. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to learn to adjust expectations as you go through life. And um, that, that is something that eventually I was able to find, you know, particular groups of friends, you know, uh, particular adults who said, hey, it's okay that you're not great at these things over here that everyone wants you to be great at. You can be fantastic just at what you're already great at. Yeah. You know, you can be fantastic as the person you already are. And, you know, learning that and kind of building your building yourself, building your dream through that is uh, is vital, I think. Wow. That that is so that is really really great. So, kind of going in, into the music part of your story. And so kind of want to just have a fun question, just throw it out there is, what is your favorite song you've ever written and why? <laughs> That's like a super hard question. I know it is. <laughs> yeah. and I know it is. It, it is. Because I have favorite songs that I perform, mm-hmm. and they're not always the ones that I've written, right? Uh-huh. Um, but, I, you know, I have a, I have a couple, actually. I'll, I'll, uh, I, there's one song uh, I always dedicate it to the married people in the crowd. Uh, it's 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 got a funny title. It's called "Sometimes I Miss Being Lonely," um, <laughs> but you know I, I think it speaks truthfully about relationships and about you know uh, needing needing to recharge mm-hmm. right from time to time. I was about to say, kids, you'll understand that later on. That's right. Uh, <laughs> not now. Don't don't test those things yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I you know, but I, it's 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 kind of a it's a sweet song. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it's it's kind of it has a funny twist to it, and that's that's one of my favorites. Um, but then I, I you know I would say another one of my favorites is uh, is the song that won the Woody Guthrie uh, Songwriting Award, and you know that one in particular. It's called the American Dream, and and it talks speaks really about uh, again like an an unrealistic expectation, mm-hmm. right? That this certain thing is is what we're all supposed to be striving for that we're all that success has a particular look about look about it right mm-hmm. and um and that that's not the fact i mean it's not reality that's not what people end up going through in life and you know through my experiences uh for myself and then the people that i've been close with um you know i i have found that you know that definition of success for me has 
seems to always be changing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think the more I grow, the more that that definition grows. And it's a, uh, I, I don't, you know, and, and if, I, if I could go back, right, to, to when I was younger, I think, you know, I, I would try to, I would try to teach myself that in, in some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had a job right out of college. I worked at a factory um, not too far from my hometown. And I was out there a few years, and, uh, you know, we got announced that our factory was being outsourced to overseas facilities. And, you know, it was heartbreaking. You know, there were 200 and I think 275 of us working out there around that time. And, you know, for me, I was, I, I was relatively young. I was in my 20s. I felt like I had my whole world ahead of me. So mm-hmm. um, I was uh, very privileged in that moment. But I had a lot of friends who, you know, were starting over again at age 50, right? And between that and then I had a lot of friends that people I'd grown up with who had gone off overseas, you know, in the military and the armed forces. And, you know, they're coming back to an economy that's very broken. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what are they coming back to? And, and I really wrote that song about, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you've, we, we've got to roll up our sleeves, right? We've got, <laughs> we've got, to, we've got to rage against the machines, you know, and that's, it's a line from the song, you know, because it, um, it not, and not every time is, is our infrastructure economically is not always set up for each of us individually to succeed. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to continually, you know, reinvent our definition of success, and uh, and and we're just constantly building and growing through that. And anyway, that's that's this, that's that song. It's called the American Dream. It's on my my first self on my self title record. And you know that that song is important to me, um, not just because it won an award, but because it speaks to a very important moment for me in my life and my development. We were jamming to it this morning, <laughs> 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 studio to studio. It was pretty pretty awesome. Um, so Jared, talk to us about, I mean, kind of stepping out on your own journey and, you know, saying that like, okay, I'm really going to own this. This is going to be me. Um, what was that like for you? Sure. So I, I had, uh, played in bands for years, you know, for over a decade. And I always wanted to be in a band with my friends. Mm-hmm. That, that was the idea, right? To, uh, you know, we all think that the Beatles were friends the whole time. They, they probably weren't <laughs> friends all the time. But we all, that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I, was, and I had businesses, um, you know, brick-and-mortar businesses that I was running also. But, you know, whenever I kind of stepped out on my own and put out my own project with my own name on it, it was entrepreneurship in an entirely new form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a, a music business owner, it's— uh, the product is, oddly enough, it's you and your own talent, mm-hmm. and you're literally creating a business out of thin air. Because what, um, what you're, if you want to put it this way, what your business is selling is not a tangible product. It's a subjective product. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the funny thing about music is I can write what I think is the greatest song in the world, and you might hear it and say, eh, it's okay. <laughs> It's That's all right. true, yeah. You know, it's completely subjective. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't clean the floors better, right? It's not, it's not a better mousetrap necessarily. Um, you know, you're just trying to tell a story, uh, whether it's your own story or whether it's the story of someone you know or, or a story that you conjured up in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell a story that relates to people, and it's very subjective. So uh, creating a business out of that is just an entirely new idea. 
Um, once I understood that part, um, I think building, you know, building a business around that became a little bit easier mm -hmm. because I spent years thinking, oh, if I just write great songs, people will notice. Yeah. Well, that's not always the case. Um, you know, or if, we're if I'm just a great performer, people will notice. That's not always the case. Um, you know, so you really have to, I, I think it's about personal growth, really. Mm, um, yeah. And I think, I think that, I don't know, I see a lot of businesses out there who either thrive or succeed. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes they, they thrive without personal growth. Uh, and sometimes they, but a lot of times I see businesses that fail without personal growth. Mm -hmm. um, because you've got to continually grow as a human, um, as a as a leader, and that that I think is the most important thing. So as far as me getting out there on my own, it was very scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of personal time investment, personal financial investment. You know, a lot of um, sacrifice on the part of my family for me to be on the road a lot. Um, but for us, we were in it as a team. You know, my partner and I are teammates, and, you know, that having that person who's constantly there for me, you know, cheering me on, mm -hmm. and also pushing me to be a better human every step of the way, I'd say that's made me as successful or more successful than any kind of award or financial achievement. That's awesome. I feel like a little bit of what you're speaking into is not even finding, like, I mean, maybe our success and basing that in someone else's opinion. Yeah. Um, and not rooting that mm -hmm. that worth in someone else. Right. right. Um, and that's so powerful because I think that's something that a lot of young people, yeah. even older people kind of have right. to get over. It's like, okay, you know what? This is not about what they say. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually not. Wow. Like, yeah. uh, I think that part is is so strong and powerful. And then the personal growth. Like, Jared, I think you're, you're speaking our language here. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we are definitely about that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the continuous growth of the person inside right. and not just the, the outside kind of look. Yeah. What's on the outside? Like, oh, wow. Accolade here. Accolade there. But rather like what's being worked on on the inside. It's a huge part. Well, I, I can tell you and People don't believe me, but it is a fact. When I started writing songs, I was the worst songwriter on the planet, <laughs> probably of all time. Um, the songs I wrote were horrible. They were just bad. Can you play those for us? No. no yeah. Every now and then, I will find one of those old notebooks, and I'm just so grateful that no one else knows where they are. Um, and, but I keep them, right, to remind myself, uh, you know, how far I've come. Yeah. Um, but I, I think as, as a human, we don't all start out great, right? Yeah. Especially, you know, we don't all start, we don't all start out, you know, as amazing humans, as amazing people. And so we've got to allow for that personal growth in ourselves and in the people around us. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so if you could maybe give some advice to your younger self, maybe a middle school, maybe high school self, maybe what's a little bit of personal growth advice you would give them? Sure. Um, well, I, I, I kind of have two sides to this, I think. There's like a business side and then the, uh, a personal side. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll start with the, the business side, and that is um, do not focus on building a business. Focus on building a community. Because if you're investing in people, um, if, you are, if you're building a team, you know, and, you're, you, and, and also, you know, I, I tell my son, you know, you're not, a great leader doesn't always lead from the front. Right. 
A great leader allows other people to lead, listens, um, steps to the back, and, you know, and watches from that perspective for a while. Um, understand that you're building a community, not just a business. Um, because if, if you're not investing in the people around you, whether it's time or finance, um, then honestly, you're not growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and the best way to grow is to receive feedback from other people, to you know, have the capacity to listen. You know, and that, that is a, you know, if I could go back to my younger business owner days, right. <laughs> um, and even my middle school days, you know, it's, you know, it's build a community around you. I mean, what's better than, you know, even in middle school, right. Having that group of friends that you can always depend on, mm-hmm. you know, those people who share your values, yeah. those people who value you, they value what you're great at. Um, but they also know what you're not great at, and they value you still. <laughs> um, That's love. <laughs> that is love. That is love. And, you know, so I, I think from a, from a business, but even a relational point, build a community. Yeah. Right? And then, and then I think from a personal, from personal aspect, you know, understanding that, you know, that, that the, the people around you, the environment with which you are in today is not always the environment with, with which you will be within. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. I don't know. I don't know about the syntax of that sentence, but um, <laughs> but the environment you are in today is not the environment you will always be in. Yeah. Um, I ha- I have a middle school child uh, who and you know on the last day of fifth grade, I said to them, um, you know, you're going into middle school next year. I'm just going to give you a heads up. Middle school is not wonderful for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not good. It, you know, middle school is not an, this amazing experience because everyone, everyone is changing rapidly during that time mm-hmm. period. And you're putting a whole bunch of rapidly changing small people, you know, or medium sized people into one building and expecting them to just get along. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I told them, I said, it's not going to be amazing not just for you, but also for those people who you think it's being, it, you think it's, ha- it's great for them. It's not great for them either. But middle school is like three chapters out of all seven Harry Potter books, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it is, it is a, it is a, in, in the grand scheme of things, it is short. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that this is your opportunity to grow, that this is your opportunity to learn not only from your own mistakes, but also from the mistakes of others. Um, you know, and, and understanding this is, this is a small time period, mm-hmm. even though it feels like the entire world. Yeah, now I wish I had my notepad four years ago in that's middle right. school, <laughs> like going through that. <laughs> but that, that is really, really great because I know it hits a lot. Like middle schoolers, like middle school was not fun for me, like yeah. getting through that. But knowing that it's, it's a short period to enjoy that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I grew, I grew up in a town of 1,200 people. I now live in a community that has over 120,000. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I thought I would always be in a community of 1,200, mm-hmm. and I'm not. And, and I have found my place. I have found my people. Mm-hmm. I've found my niche. And, you know, and now I, you know, I feel valued. Yeah. That's, that's so wonderful. So you were able to share with us about a big part of your music dream. And so we want to continue, you know, talking about dreams. And so is there a dream you're working on? right now that you sure. want to share with us? You know, for me, uh, public service is, has always been very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building that community around you because, you know, at, at, when you build that community around you, you, you begin receiving yeah. so much. Yeah. And for me, you know, giving back to that community is, is vital. Um, you know, and public service is important. Um, I, I believe that, 
you know, great public servants, um, have, have a definite understanding of, of self and who they are and maybe, you know, what's, you know, what, what makes them tick, you know, the, the, the problems that you have internally that you're still trying to overcome 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, and having that, having that great understanding so that you, you can, you can build, build from within and, and then give back to a community that's given so much. Uh, you know, Norman has been incredible for our family. You know, we, um, we, we feel, we feel valued. Um, but for me, you know, I've, I've tried to stay really involved. My parents were always very involved in, in my hometown community mm-hmm. and being a part of a community who not only that we love, but that loves us, mm-hmm. um, has really opened up opportunities. So I have been, I've tried to stay very involved over the years, but, you know, uh, currently, you know, I, I serve on the More Norman Technology Center um, Board of Education. And, you know, that is an opportunity for me where I get to hear so many stories of people's lives changing, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, basically just, you know, uh, just because they made a decision that where they were today was not where they wanted to be. <laughs> And uh, for me, you know, hearing people's stories, hearing about what, what they're going through is, is, uh, is a vital essence from, for my personal growth. Um, so yes, I, like I've, you know, I'm currently on that, on that board of education, you know, Variety Care, which is a community health center, has two clinics here in Norman, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully has a bigger and brighter future in our community uh, uh, with, go, with, with the Inspire Health Plan, with Norman Regional. But we are, you know, the forefront of the state's Medicaid and uninsured patients, um, even though we take all payers. And we, that organization, I think, was really life-changing for me because it was the first time I was a part of something, first off, an organization that big. There's 600 employees. But uh, also to see lives changing on a daily basis just because they went to the doctor for the first time. Or they went to the dentist for the first time, and not only that, but now they're on a plan, and now they're now they're uh, they're they're enabling, they're in, they're empowered, they're empowered to uh, make changes for themselves, and you know, seeing people's lives change, their health change, you know, it really changes everything else, right? Their mental health, um, their economic status, you know, everything works for the better. And so for me, giving back, making sure that I'm fighting for, you know, social justice issues that are affecting people on the ground, you know, I'm all about tangible change for my neighbors. Um, I love a hug as much as anyone does, um, but hugs don't pay the bills, <laughs> right? You know, hugs don't pay the bills, and, and, and hugs don't necessarily, you know, help, help, us, help us out in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to see tangible change. And, you know, for me, it's about, um, it's about action. I can talk about doing this all day, but, you know, I've been doing, you know, advocacy and organizing work as my passion project. You know, everybody thinks music's my passion project. No, it's kind of my day job. <laughs> but, you know, you know, issue organizing and advocacy work has been my passion project for 15 years. And working on ballot initiatives, um, tr- you know, working to get better legislation, better social policy, mm-hmm. um, better candidates in office, you know, has been a, a passion of mine for 15 years. And I've done that work uh, across the state, um, you know, from Altus to Tulsa. And, 
you know, now is an opportunity for me to make sure that my community's voice is heard. Um, you know, I think you're already aware I'm, I'm currently running for the state representative in House District 44 um, as our, you know, wonderful uh, state representative and minority leader, Emily Virgin, is terming out um, because due to term limits, she can't run again. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work with Representative Virgin, and I feel like, you know, I feel like th- I feel a, a social responsibility, you know, to my community to make sure that. Uh, we're that our voice is heard at the state capitol, and that we're our neighbors who are in need are getting a tangible change, um, and a hug every now and then. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Jared, this has been so awesome. I feel honestly very encouraged um, just to hear your heart in all of this. You know, getting to hear both sides. You know, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, let's talk about business, but it's, let's also talk about like what what really matters, and that's the right. People. Right. Um, so I feel like we could talk for much longer, <laughs> but we can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Um, so, Jared, thank you so much for your time. Um, I wanted to know, where can we find more about you and what you do? Sure. Um, so you can find more about my music at jareddeckmusic.com. That's Jared spelled correctly. J-A- <laughs> J-A-R-E-D, deck like a deck of cards, music.com. Um, I'm on every social media platform at Jared Deck Music. And also my music is on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, you name it. All right. Well, viewers, you know where to find him. We'll be right back with our next amazing guest very, very soon. All right. We are back with our next guest. Now we're a little bit virtual, so a bit of a switch up, but our next guest is Malachi. Malachi, age 12, has been building and making things since he was young. At age four, he took the training wheels off of a bike, grabbed a board, and tried to make a skateboard with them. He started Malachi's workshop when he was eight years old, and he learned about the children's business fair in Oklahoma City. There, that's where he came up with the idea to make and sell birdhouses, and it has grown from there. He enjoys running, playing his violin, basketball, and has dairy goats. He dreams of owning his own ranch one day, and he wants to be a carpenter, he already is, and plans to study mechanical engineering in college. Hello, Malachi. Hello. All right. So, Malachi, we're super, super excited to learn more about you and your story. So, what is Malachi's workshop, and when did you come pretty serious about this business starting? So, Malachi's workshop is a carpet and woodworking business, and I'm really serious about it. I'm 10 years old. Oh, so 10 years old. What happened when you were 10 that made you kind of become serious about the business? Let me just tell you a little bit of background about my story. Um, so when I started um, building birdhouses, um, I got invited to do a business fair. That really got me excited about starting my own business. So I just really got really serious about that. That is a really cool. So uh, tell me about those first birdhouses. Did, did they end up perfect that first time or did you kind of have to do a little tweaking here and there? Uh, yeah, I had to do a little tweaking because we realized that the roof was too flat. So like, the water would get inside the birdhouse. So we had to redo the design and make it slanted a little bit. So yeah, a little bit of tweaking and stuff. So today we are hoping our youngest entrepreneurs out there can learn um, a little bit more about the work and the time that's involved in starting a business. So can you tell us um, some more about maybe some of your early challenges and how you overcame these challenges? Uh, Yeah, so one of my early challenges was that I didn't money to buy the products and stuff. So I'd have to go to my parents or people that I knew 
to some money and then I'd have to pay them back. So I overcame that. I just started working hard to get my business going. And so, and then my shyness would really get in the way of stuff. So I'd like ask my brother to come with me in my business for a while. And then I just started gaining confidence. So. Oh, I love that. I love that building of confidence. I, I know when I first started like doing pitches and talking to people, I would like, I'd kind of like start shying away, but I'm really glad that you kind of built into that confidence because you truly have some really amazing products. And so that kind of leads into like my next question I want to ask you is, you know, what was those, one of the biggest things you've learned from your business and your experiences in selling? One of the biggest things I've learned is it's a lot of work and that if you're not, if you're not expecting you to work what you what you want to get so that's one of the most things i've learned and and to present yourself well and notes from the same person in your industry so um but i think the biggest thing is dress really nicely and they'll take you more seriously that is some great advice. And sometimes like I, I feel like young entrepreneurs don't necessarily think about is uh is how they present themselves. And Malachi, that is something that we noticed when we met you in person that really stood out was the way that you carried yourself, uh, the way that you spoke, but even like literally even the way that you were dressed and even the way your table was set up, it was so, so professional. Um, super impressive to see. And so for our last question, uh, Malachi, tell us what has been one of your favorite parts about starting your own business? Um, one of my favorite parts is, well, getting the profit from it and knowing that some of my stuff is going to help kids across the world because I give 10% of my money to Compassion International that helps kids around the world. And I've had an opportunity to have um, birdhouses that help uh, wildlife. So, yeah. That is that is so great. Malika, I just want to thank you so, so much for your time. I know that those young entrepreneurs out there, they're going to be inspired and will be better for all the information and wisdom you're able to share with them. But before we completely wrap up, where can we find more about Malachi's workshop? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and and my own website, which is malachiswork.com. And so, yeah, I'm just, you can look me up at pretty much anywhere. Thank you, Malachi, for being here. This was such an awesome interview. Uh, we're grateful that you would take some time out to spend with us and inspire our young entrepreneurs today. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you. All right. So, Carolyn, that was a pretty awesome interviews we just had. So what was something that stuck out to you, Carolyn? So I will say, I think it connects for both me, um, for, for me, for with Jared's interview and also Malachi's interview, that whole idea about community um, and kind of like stepping out into your but doing your own thing doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing it completely alone. And so Jared talking about building community, but even Malachi, like talking about a very real thing here when you're starting a business is, you know, like, where are you going to get 
the money uh, to actually start your business, right? And it takes courage. It takes planning uh, to ask people. And that's even harder sometimes to ask your friends and your family uh, to invest in you. But I love hearing that he brought his brother around with him first. And sometimes like that's what we need is we just need a little bit of community to encourage us, help us just to get started uh, until we feel a little bit more confident on our own to, to step out and truly say like, hey, I'm putting my name out there um, and I'm doing this thing. What about you, Bill? Yeah. I feel like I want to talk about both interviews of Jerry, you know, just kind of reinforcing that point. Like you're not building a business, you're building community. And I love that so much because you can just tell that he's huge on building that community and how important it is. But also with like a huge advice that Malachi was able to share with this is that how we present ourselves is pretty important when it comes to the business. And that's not always how we dress, but how we present ourselves in conversation or our booth and just making sure that that gives off the right, you know, let's just say a vibe that we're trying to give. And so like, if you're trying to sell candy, it's probably best that you're not like showing up like full suit and tie, like, but kind of matching what you're trying to, trying to tell to the audience, which I think is really, really important when getting into business. So next week, we'll be back with two new business owners that hopefully inspire, educate you, and give you a powerful point of action to grow your idea or business. And we just want to send a huge, huge thank you to Norman Chamber of Commerce, First United Bank, usually the Cleveland County Fairgrounds, but we're filming at LoveWorks and LoveWorks Leadership for believing in our youngest entrepreneurs. And remember, real leaders, they don't blend in. They stand out. Dream big. Do your dream. Bye, y'all. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.